We're through 60 minutes and beyond. This is the Flames Talk Post Game Show, now available on Apple and Spotify. Here's Pat Steinberg. All right, let's kick things off on your Flames Talk Post Game. Your final score, Flames 5. Ducks won as Calgary gets the split in Southern California. They did not get the result they were looking for on Monday night when they got blown out 8-2 by the LA Kings. They bounce back and take a big 5-1 win over the Ducks one night later. Welcome to your Flames Talk post-game show available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. If you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings, contact them today for a free estimate. For all things basement tea, visit dlbasementsystems.com. My name is Pat Steinberg alongside Peter Labardius and Derek Wills. As we start to break this one down, we'll hear from head coach Daryl Sutter. We'll head back to the Honda Center in Anaheim here live from a member of the Flames and a whole lot more. But uh, Lou, plain and simple, against a lowly Ducks team after what happened Monday in Los Angeles, the only uh, acceptable answer was two points for the Flames tonight. And uh, they made sure that they just uh, did just that as uh, really wasn't close at any point this evening. No. It hasn't happened as regularly as they would have liked, but this was a BTO special. They took care of business tonight in every way, shape, or form. Um, it started early. Their special teams were excellent. I thought all four lines contributed. It was a much better night from the group of six on defense, moving pucks, getting pucks in behind, establishing their forecheck, and crazy how the sport can work sometimes. Last night was no contest the other way, and tonight was no contest in their favor. I think what really helped their cause was that Nick Ritchie goal 37 seconds into the hockey game. They needed something good to happen early in this one after so many bad things happened from start to finish and that 8-2 loss to the Kings last night. And I thought they, for the most part, dominated the Ducks from start to finish in this hockey game. And as we've talked about, 11 players pick up a point. Uh, Michael Backlund, two. Tyler Toffoli, three. Dan Vladar, even though he didn't get tested all that much, making his first start in three weeks, was solid between the pipes. Uh, from top to bottom, uh, pretty impressive performance by the Flames, who at times have played up to their competition and down to their competition, much like they did in a 3-1 loss to the Ducks at home back on March 10th, but not tonight. They needed this one, especially with the teams around them in the Western Conference playoff race, uh, the teams fighting for the second wildcard spot or the first wildcard spot all winning before the Flames game was done. They needed to pick up two points. They did, and they're still four points out with 10 games to go. I know the math doesn't look good, but uh, it's also not impossible. No, still alive and just got to keep on taking care of their business, which, as we know, has not been a consistent thing for them for the most part this year. But they did so against Anaheim tonight, which they absolutely needed to do. They're back at it Thursday against the Vegas Golden Knights at the Scotiabank Saddledome to kick off a three-game homestand. Um couple of things. First of all, Tyler Toffoli's banner season continues, Derek. He's up to 65 points, a career high. Just his second ever three-assist game, and yeah. all three of them primaries. Uh, he gets a primary assist on the Rasmus Anderson power play goal, the Elias Lindholm power play goal, and the Andrew Mangiapane breakaway goal. So Tyler Toffoli with a really solid night tonight and is up to 65 points on the year. Pat, he could have easily had four or five or six points tonight. 
and he had some great chances to get his 30th goal of the season. He led the team with five shots and seven attempts. Just another great game for 73. Yeah, really, really strong night for him as we continue along on your Flames Talk post-game show this evening. 5-1 final on the road in Anaheim. Let's head back to Honda Center where we check in with Flames forward Nick Ritchie who opened the scoring on this Tuesday night. Nick, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, just uh, overall, uh, your thoughts on, on what seemed from our vantage point like a start to finish really impressive effort from the group tonight. Yeah, that was uh, obviously a big win for us at, at this time of year and um, I think a really good response from from last night and I've uh, got to flush that one out and uh, come out and um, get off to a good start and get a lead and um, once I think once we got the lead that, that was pretty well it for us and uh, we played a good game. I know you scored it, but had it been you or anybody else to get a goal 37 seconds in and, and to have something good happen before we could all blink our eyes, how big was that in this one tonight, Nick? Well, you know, I think that helps considering the start we had uh, in L.A., like I said, where we're, 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 down, a, we're down a bunch early. But, um, yeah, like, like you said, it didn't really matter who. We just needed to, to get that first one, and it, it happened to be really early, and uh, we just never stopped in there. And it was you who scored us. Uh, walk us through that one nothing goal and how you saw it develop. Yeah, just a, just a simple shift. Um, obviously, opening shift of the game. Um, just got the puck in and got a pretty good four check going, created some turnovers, and eventually get the puck to the point, a point shot, um, uh, kind of a rebound and a goal, and um, kind of like that, you know, that, that lunchbox goal that, that you're looking for to on the road to start a game and a perfect start for us. Nick, you've scored three now as a member of the Calgary Flames. It's, it's been a little bit, uh, but I, I would imagine still some settling in with a brand new team. How's the, uh, how's the comfort level as uh, you continue to get used to a new group? Yeah, it's good. Obviously, um, they're, they're Calgary, you know, we got a veteran team here that, uh, you know, welcomes all, all the new guys and, uh, it's, it's been good. Obviously it's different, you know, moving and, and going, going to a, do a different city and a different team and, different surroundings but um they, they've made it really easy and uh, comforting and um just need to keep winning and, and, and see what happens here and finally uh i i guess that would be the mindset hey every game you go in and, and at this point it's uh it's must win territory night in night out hey exactly yeah that's that's our motto is uh every, every game we, we need to win and, um you know whether that's possible or not um we're that's what we're trying to do and we're going to put our effort out there and um over the chips fall they do but uh we're, we're in a good spot here and, and we're still right in the fight nick congratulations on the goal more importantly congratulations on the win thanks so much for doing this good luck on thursday hey thank you thanks for having me that is nick ritchie from anaheim he scored his 12th of the year and third of his time with the flames uh, and opened the scoring 37 seconds in to make it one nothing Big goal for the Flames, and uh, Lou, that line is a line that you uh, thought had some jump. Richie on the left side of Kadri in the middle and Dylan Dubé on the right. You know what they were, Pat? They were hard to play against, and that's what that group has to be, and they were tonight, and the ice time reflects it. They did a really nice job tonight. I thought they were a very, very good trio throughout the entire game lots of lengthy offensive zone shifts you set the other lines coming up behind you i like their i like their game all three guys i like their game tonight i liked all four lines and all three pairings tonight <laughs> i mean again we see the jekyll and hyde flames we see the dr jekyll flames tonight we saw the uh 
Mr. Hyde Flames last night, and we've seen uh, that movie too many times this season, but we'll focus on the positives. And there were a lot of positives in this game, but I like that line with Kadri, Richie, and Dubé as well. And I thought Kadri had arguably his best game since the All-Star break. You know, his game for me has really fallen off since he represented the Flames at the NHL's uh, All-Star event. But uh, tonight he looked engaged from the get-go and drew a couple of penalties. And if he keeps playing the way he did tonight, then uh, the goals and the points will start to come for him. Um, let's get to tonight's save of the game. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Dan Vladar got his first start since February 28th when he was pulled after 20 minutes against Boston. Uh, Vladar picks up the victory, and his save of the game comes in period at number two. Here's Comtois behind his back to Silverberg in the far corner. Stick handles back to the blue line. Slips the puck to Harrington. Harrington centers it and whacking and hacking away. Nestorenko's stopped twice by Vladar. Those are two of the 19 stops made by Dan Vladar tonight, and those are his saves of the game. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit shaneholmes.com, the better way to build. And uh, that was really the only stretch, Derek, where the Ducks had any jump. There is about, Lou always talks about those six, seven minutes of every game where each team's going to have that stretch where they're better. That was probably the only stretch where Anaheim had the jump they scored the power play goal had a little momentum after that Dan Vladar made about three stops two of them there one other stop that uh, really made sure that the Ducks didn't start to feel like they could come back in this one picks up his first victory in a while his 13th of the season and gave the Flames exactly what they needed tonight and that is a, a chance to win the game even though they uh, only allowed the 20 shots what did we all talk about after last night's game what did you guys talk about on the pregame show tonight if the Flames play the right way, it doesn't matter who the goaltender is. And the Flames played the right way. <laughs> I mean, Dan Vladar faced almost many shots in the third period of relief of Jacob Markstrom last night as he did in the entire game tonight. The Flames played the right way in front of him. And if they had played that way in front of Jacob Markstrom last night, chances are he wouldn't have been pulled following 40 minutes and they wouldn't have been blown out by the Kings. You know, I know the goaltender is an easy guy to point the finger at. It's almost like the quarterback in football or the pitcher in baseball. But uh, you got to look at the big picture. And th the Flames are a team that has to play the right way. And when they do, and they get good goaltending, they're going to win way more than they lose. And they didn't even need good goaltending tonight. Vladar was barely tested. When they needed him to make some saves, he did. But he didn't have to make many because they played the right way in front of him. And uh, regardless of who the goaltender is, uh, you want to see more of the same when the Golden Knights come to town on Thursday. That's exactly... I couldn't represent it any better because that was exactly what I was hoping for and why I really wouldn't, as you probably heard, I didn't necessarily care who the goalie was going to be tonight because that's what I wanted to see. Mm -hmm. And against this team, take care of business. They took care of business. Uh, marquee matchup tonight brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Lou, we were looking at the group of six on defense much better clearly. They did uh, they did that all without Chris Tanev, which is notable as well. Tanev, upper body injury, did not play. Dennis Gilbert came back into the lineup this evening. Don't know what Tanev's status is going to be uh, for Thursday against Vegas, but uh, whether Tanev was in or not, they needed a better performance from their top six on defense, and tonight got just that. Moved it better, had better puck support from their forwards 
um, weren't hemmed in their zone very often. You know, they're easier nights for defense when you're spending the majority of the night looking up at the other net, not looking at the back end of the glass in your zone. So they did a nice job, and a little shout-out for Troy Stetcher. Great to see him score his first goal in 91 regular season games. But I th- I thought, whether it was him and Gilbert, I, I like... I liked everybody tonight back there after pretty much not liking anyone back there last night. And just taking a look at the minutes played, how about Nikita Zadorov playing 21 minutes and 18 seconds? Even with Chris Tanev out, I didn't see that coming. You could kind of do that with the way this game went, Yeah, right? that's a great point. And even, you know, Dennis Gilbert, they get 13 minutes and 38 seconds from him, which is pretty good for your number six defenseman. So... Yeah, good night uh, for, I think, all 18 skaters and the goaltender. And you're going to probably have to be even better against a really good Golden Knights team on Thursday. But uh, you hope you get Chris Tanev back. If you don't, I'm sure Dennis Gilbert will give you another serviceable game. And uh, I guess the other conversation we should have is uh, who should the starting goaltender be against the Golden Knights? That one's easy for me. I I'm, I mean, the ride in Jacob, he got his you go rest. back to him? I, I would. Oh, I'm going there for sure. If the if the plan is to ride with the guy that, that you know, has gotten you there before, and uh, I, I'm, I'm going back to him. I know that we talked even on the roundtable today about him being tired, and I think he did show some signs of fatigue his last two starts. He got his rest, and, and that's – you're, you're, you manage your number one's rest, and if you're going with him as the number one, I'd, I'd go right back to him against the Golden Knights. I like it. I uh, get the sense you might have some uh, texters and callers who feel differently uh, following this game tonight, so I'm looking forward to hearing from them on my drive back to Cochrane. Before we uh, say goodbye to you two gentlemen, one more piece of business to take care of. It's the Player with Heart brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. Lou, which way are you going tonight? Tyler Toffoli. And it's not as much about tonight. It's just he's on a great run and, you know, another night where you absolutely have to have one and he's got his hands and points all over it. So he's my choice tonight. Tyler Toffoli, your player with heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office. Visit HeartFit.com. 5-1 5-1 final. Flames over the Anaheim Ducks is your Flames Talk postgame show where the full lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text line open at 960-960. Text now. Call now. We'd love to hear from you on this Tuesday night. Calgary back in action Thursday against the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's get some uh, final thoughts before we get to your phone calls and texts from our broadcast crew starting with Derek Wills. Well, hearing from Blake Coleman before the game, and I love hearing from Blake Coleman because uh, he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion and tells it like it is. Uh, the way he described what he wanted the Flames to do with last night's 8-2 loss to the Kings was perfect. He said, flush it, because that's what it was. That's how they played. And they did that. And, you know, good teams have bad games. And this is a good Flames team, at least in my opinion, that's had too many bad games this season. They had one last night. Couldn't do anything about it. Once the final horn sounded at Crypto.com Arena, all they could do was try to bounce back. And that's exactly what they did at Honda Center. They played pretty much a full 60 minutes in a game against the Ducks team that beat them in their own building just a couple of weeks ago. And they picked up two points that they absolutely had to have, especially with the 
teams that they're fighting with for the second wild card spot in the Western Conference all winning tonight. And as we talked about uh, throughout the broadcast tonight, and it feels like we've been talking about it for days, weeks, maybe even months, Flames have to worry about themselves first and foremost. And I know that because of the position they're in, they do have to watch the out-of-town scoreboard. They do have to keep tabs on the standings. But ultimately, if they don't win the vast majority of their own games, it isn't going to matter what the teams around them do. So the Flames took care of their own business tonight. And they picked up two points, and they're four points out of a playoff spot with 20 points still on the table. Next up, you try to start a winning streak against a really good Golden Knights team that you've played really well against so far this season. And we'll see if the Flames can, after finishing off this road trip with a win, start a three-game homestand with another one on Thursday. All I will say is this. They responded well. They got excellent contributions throughout their lineup. Gentlemen, job well done. Good night, Pat. See you, boys. Good night, Pat. Uh, Peter Labardius, Derek Wills signing off on this Tuesday night. Flames uh, bounce back from Monday with a much better game on Tuesday. And now they've got a game Thursday against the Vegas Golden Knights. Stay with us. We'll hear from head coach Daryl Sutter in just minutes following a 5-1 win over the Anaheim Ducks. Phone lines at 403-240-4444. Text line at 960-960. As this is your Flames Talk postgame show. Coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. If you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings, contact them today for a free estimate. For all things basementy, visit dlbasementsystems.com. Your phone calls, your texts, and head coach Daryl Sutter postgame all coming your way next. 5-1 final. This is Alpine Credits Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Let's continue breaking down the game, plus take your calls and texts. This is the Flames Talk Post Game Show on Sportsnet 960, the fan or on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Your final score, Flames 5, Ducks 1 from the Honda Center. Calgary has now won six consecutive in that building. That seems significant after some other streak that I, I can't seem to remember. 5-1, your final score. Uh, Flames score five on five different goal scorers and take two of a possible four points on a quick back-to-back set in Southern California. It's your Flames Talk post-game show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Your texts at 960-960. Your phone calls at 403-240-4444 coming up in just moments. But first, let's head back to Honda Center in Anaheim and check in with head coach Daryl Sutter. His thoughts following a 5-1 victory. Coach, your thoughts on the bounce back effort. Good effort. Good game. Guys came in, did a really good job for us. Anything in particular stand out about the start here tonight? I mean, obviously, good to see Big Nick score first shift. It's good. Nice to score the first goal on the road. Good to see Troy get his first goal with your team. Yeah, Troy's given us some energies, did a good job for us. You've talked a little bit over the past couple of years about a certain target for how many goals you need from your blue line. Yeah. You're getting that now. Are you pretty pleased with what you're seeing right now? Yeah, I don't know if it's, you know, I've always been on that 35-ish range. If you don't have that stud guy who's gets you that 15 goals, 
now you're seeing someone with 20, so I'm sure it'll bump up as you go, but um, I'm not even sure what our number is. It's probably close to 40, though. Yeah, I think you're at 39. Yeah. You had to kind of go back to a couple of different pairings just with uh, the situation tonight. What did you make of uh, the blue line? Uh, you know what? Gibby came in did a good job for us, and Z's going to have to give us some minutes. He's got to be a solid player. Noah and Ross are used to playing with each other, and there goes Weeks again, the other side. Nice yep. to have that, though, I assume, as a coach, just to be able to have that option wherever you need it. Yep, darn right. Uh, you know, I, you guys know I feel about McKenzie's since, since All-Star. He's been a pretty good player for us. Is there enough games left to build something from here to the end? You know, you just keep, you got to go a game at a time, because if you don't, then, like last night, it was pull, you know, there was literally guys in here that were pulling the puck. So you gotta go. It's really simple. You know, you just want to keep every game meaningful. Quite honest. Well, mission accomplished in that regard. The uh, next game will be meaningful. The next little while will be meaningful still for the Flames. There's head coach Daryl Sutter post-game following a 5-1 win in Anaheim. Calgary plays their next game, which will be meaningful on Thursday against the Vegas Golden Knights. Kicks off a three-game homestand at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Okay, let's dive in on the text line for the first time tonight at 960-960. Uh, let's get right to it. Uh, this says, Daryl Sutter's an amazing coach. He didn't just become out of touch in a season. He lost two players he could get 40 goals out of. The new team doesn't have enough ability to simply put the puck in the net. Toffoli's the only real scorer on the team who can create goals, but everyone else are playmakers. What's the last NHL team to lose two 40-goal scorers and make the playoffs the following year? Look at the team Seattle has built in a short time. The creators of Calgary's team are the issue, not Daryl Sutter. Um, I don't think anybody is absolved of the mess that this season has been. I really don't. So I don't think Daryl Sutter is absolved because I think there have been times where some of the decision-making has been has been suspect i that's and I, i'm not alone in thinking that i and the construction of the team absolutely the general manager the architect always bears some of the brunt of responsibility and underachieving players who have not lived up to it to say it is not one is not true and to say it is only one is not true as to where this team has been this year. This from Sam. Pat, happy to see the Flames bounce back. Some positives. Manjapani breaks his goal drought. Toffoli continues to be this team's bright spot. Kadri seemed to be a bit more in the fabric of the game. Now, the big question is, what will they do in this season-defining three-game homestand? Flames fans have been accustomed to a huge disappointment one night and a bounce back the next this season. The math still looks uphill. How they show up against Vegas will be a real telling sign if there's truly a sliver of hope. Thoughts? Um, I mean, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't put a ton into any one game, honestly. Like, even the loss last night, it was still one loss, and they were still just four points back, and they win tonight, and they remain four points back. I don't put, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this much. I don't put any more into this win than I put into last night's loss. Was last night's loss concerning because of the circumstances? Yes, but it still is just one game with 11 to go. 
Well, was tonight's win against a bottom-feeding team that they needed to pick up the points and they had no excuse to lose to? Yes, they won. And so it uh, was – I guess I come away from this one saying, okay, they the, the team isn't completely broken. What we saw against L.A. is not going to be the rest of the season. But I also am not going to sit here and say, oh, well, they're back. They're, they're clear. Now watch out. They're going to get on a roll. Um they did what they needed to do tonight, and they were able to kind of partly erase what happened against the Kings on Monday, and that's about it. And yet, there were some good things. Again, I'd probably buy as much into this win against a really bad team as I did into last night's loss against a good Kings team that was completely and utterly one-sided. Um, so we'll see what they do against Vegas. And and will what they do against Vegas, win or loss, be the ultimate telling sign for me? No, that won't either. Uh, but I like what Daryl said right at the end, where he said, you just want to make every game from here on out meaningful. And, and that's a pretty good goal if you're the Flames between now and the end of the regular season. Uh, what else we got here on the text line at 960-960? Uh, this says, uh, what would anybody be celebrating for? Nothing's changed except the Flames now have 10 games left. Uh, this reads from Ash. Three thoughts. One, I thought Lucic was a beast tonight. I don't think it's a coincidence that he was effective after being a healthy scratch once again. Two, it's nice to see Mangiapane score. Three, Kadri still looks frustrated out there. Thoughts? Uh, I thought that... Lucic was okay, was was definitely better in his return. I thought that Manchapani had himself some opportunities, and I'm glad he finally was able to bury that and snap his 15-game drought. And I thought Kadri was better, one of his better games in a while, but still at times does look frustrated for sure and, and still is making some interesting decisions when it comes to... Um, especially when he's got the puck on his stick. I still think that's an area that needs to be a little bit better. Um, Mike says, Pat, I still believe that no matter how many wins the Flames get, the teams ahead of them are still winning, and Nashville still has three games in hand. Yes, I mean, look, there's no doubt about it that the Flames still have the uppest of uphill climbs. I know that's not good English. They have the steepest of uphill climbs. They've got the 10th best points percentage in the NHL. Uh, sorry, in the Western Conference, which puts them most behind the eight ball compared to Nashville and Winnipeg. The Jets are the team protecting, so they're in the best spot. Nashville's got the three games in hand on Calgary and Winnipeg, so they're in the next best spot. And Calgary is, is the team that still has life, that has the most difficult road to the playoffs. Winnipeg's elimination number is eight and a half. So that means if the Flames were to go six and four in their final 10, the Jets would only need to win uh, four of their games and that would probably do it. Um, and and that that is... That's where things are right now. The Flames need to win far more than they lose to truly put the pressure on the Jets who have the four-point edge and also have 
a pretty significant edge when it comes to tiebreakers. They got a four-point edge on both Calgary and Nashville for the first tiebreaker, which is regulation wins, and they've got a huge edge on the next tiebreaker, which is regulation overtime wins. So the Flames probably are going to have to be a point ahead of Winnipeg. Not for sure, but probably when it's all said and done. Um, this reads from... Kyle and Airdrie. Pat, I read some interesting stats on Toffoli per Andrew Berkshire, who is, he mentioned per evolving hockey, 19 goals above replacement, which is 11th in the, in the NHL. Next best teammate is Lindholm at 9.1. A sidebar, he has 49 points in his last 50 games. He's the most important forward this season, if not skater. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to the guys that have driven the bus on a regular basis up front, Toffoli, Backland, and then it's kind of a drop-off from there. Uh, Coleman's been good, but he's, he's not a guy who's going to put up a ton of points. Uh, but Coleman's been good. Um, otherwise, I mean, Huberdeau's had... Uh, Lindholm's been good. Hasn't been as consistent as they would like him to be, but he's been good. Uh, but I think that it's kind of... It's Toffoli and Backland in a league of their own this year. And then it goes Coleman and Lindholm after that. And then kind of Kadri, Huberdo, Manjapani, those guys would be the next group that, that you're looking for more from and you need more from. Uh, but Toffoli's been great. Career high, 65 points. Second ever three assist game tonight. Uh, and and he's probably going to finish with his second ever 30 goal score, so 30 goal season rather. He's probably going to finish with his first ever 70 plus point season. Good on him. Um, and and Toffoli has been one of the real bright spots for the Flames this year. This from Denise. Pat, talk about a roller coaster. Last night, depressing. Didn't listen to the show. Didn't text tonight. I'm glad they rebounded. One positive I've seen recently. With Dallas and Sod tonight, with players like Stetcher driving in closer to the net and shooting rather than from the perimeter. Um, and yeah, I mean, Stetcher had this wide open lane and he took it. He did not force the shot. He came in and gave himself the best possible shot when the Anaheim Ducks parted the Red Sea and let him walk right down Main Street and good on him. He made no mistake on that one. Dylan in Revy says, get prepared for a 7-10 to 10 game goal streak to end the season for Andrew Mangiapane. I'm not a fan of his, but there's no denying he's super streaky. Wedley says, big win, Pat. Don't dream it's over. Uh, Wedley continues to pound that song rather before every game. This from Eduardo, who says, Pat, my thoughts are if the Flames have a chance to get into the postseason, they should ride Vladar for the remainder of the games. Your thoughts on that? No, I would disagree. I think Markstrom, yes, he allowed the, had the two bad games or rough games against Dallas and Los Angeles. But prior to that, had put together eight really strong starts. I think you're riding. I'm, I'm going the other way. I, I don't know if I'm riding Markstrom for all 10, but I'm definitely putting Markstrom back in against Vegas. I think that they've gone back to Markstrom's the one, and, and I think should be based on the way that he's played the last the, the, the eight games prior to the two that he's played of late. I'd go back to Markstrom against Vegas. So, no, I, I would not be riding Vladar. When, when Vladar had his opportunity to kind of take the ball and run with it, he, he didn't. And, and that's not a criticism on him because it's tough to do. Um, and, and it's tough to switch that mindset when you've never been in that spot before. But he didn't get it done when that opportunity was there. 
then Markstrom got that opportunity, and he has done that, in my opinion. And you may disagree, Eduardo, or you may disagree if, if you're listening right now, and that's also fine because um, it's a fair conversation to be having with how the season is gone when it comes to um, when it comes to goaltending. And finally, uh, this reads from Reese in Texas says, do you go with Vladar in net Thursday or do you go back to Markstrom? I'm going back to Markstrom in my opinion, um, but we'll see what the Flames do. I, I never want to guess what the Flames are going to do. My guess is they go back to Markstrom. If it were me, I'd go back to Markstrom. We'll see what the Flames do, though, on Thursday against the Vegas Golden Knights. That kicks off a three-game homestand. It's Steinberg along with you. Great stuff on the text line. Keep them coming at 960-960. Uh, Pat Steinberg along with you. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. couple of lines open right now on a late Tuesday. If you want to jump in and chat some Flames hockey following a 5-1 loss, a uh, 5-1 win rather, on the road in Anaheim, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon is where you can get Flames Talk on podcast and, of course, live right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's uh, head to the phone lines for the first time on this Tuesday night and say hello to Neil. What's going on, Neil? Uh, not a whole lot, man. Just watched the game. It was really good. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, far more... Than the game I didn't watch the other night after the first period, so yeah, this was um, this was better than Monday. Yes. Okay, so let's move on from Monday, and I just want to say Stetcher stood out for me. I think he he played an integral role uh, on a lower defensive pair, but still doing. I I think he should have been on the second pair. But regardless of that, I think he did what he needed to do from his position, did really well. What do you think about that? I, th I, I think Stetcher is better suited to be a third-pair defenseman. He is, like, I, I think that's what he is. He's a third-pair defenseman in this league. So I think having him on the third pair with Gilbert was the right call. Uh, Zadorov and Uyghur play well together, and I thought played well together in this game. So I thought they made the right call bumping up Zadorov and putting him with Uyghur with Tanev out. That's been a pairing that has worked all year when they've been together. And I, I, I think Stetcher... Um, I think he struggles when he's not on the third pair. I think he's done a, a really good job of solidifying the third pair, but I also think that he is best suited on the third pair. Maybe like a good Branson in a way. Not the size-wise. No, no, but I think I, I think similar in terms of how he can stabilize a pairing, sure. And I think, you know, I think good Branson struggles when he's higher up the lineup. Correct. And that's what I mean... Yeah. I think he no, I think it's a fair. I think it's a fair properly. comparison. So, and then I also want to talk about positionally-wise, uh, as a segue, Dan Vladar. I think he was very good positionally tonight, which led to success for him dealing with rebounds or uh, rush chances by uh, the Ducks. They came into the zone and he he backed off when he needed to. He stood up when he needed to. He was good positionally, and I think. Um, this is not a goaltender I think we should give up on, even if we do have like, a generational goaltender coming up. I, yeah, who, I don't who's think... suggesting to give up on Dan Vladar? No, but I'm saying I'm I'm saying there's like we have Markstrom, we have we have three really good goaltenders. I really do think they're all really good, and I think that there's just like a little bit of I'm not saying there's um, 
I'm not saying there's like a log jam, but I'm saying there's um, room for improvement for all of these goaltenders. And I think that like this has been a misnomer of a year. It's not going to be like this every year. And we have a lot of good goaltenders. And I just, I think that Dan Vladar is worth this team considering as a long-term. I agree. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and perfect. Thank you. Um, um, I think that Lanny in the last game there, even though they, you know, didn't do so well, they might've pooped in the bed a little bit. Uh, but Lanny, I, I liked watching the thing. I don't know if you saw the feature he did, but I liked seeing Lanny support the team. Um, I'm not saying Lanny would be a great coach, but I think he's, um, like maybe a life coach for these players and something, uh, that we don't like maybe understand that like a lot of these other teams don't have somebody like Lanny who leads the hockey hall of fame. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, he he does so much in the hockey community that nobody else really does, and then we have him as a resource for our team. That's somebody that's going to go out there and say, "Hey guys, get out there!" And I think maybe more people should recognize that. I mean, that's you're all. not you're not going to get an argument on from me on on uh, what Lanny means to the organization um, and and to the city. You're going to get a hundred percent agreement on that it's the best alumni group uh in professional sports and lanny's a, a big part of it so no uh no disagreement agreed. from there my friend agreed one can i just say one more thing if that's all right yeah um do you ever get heartburn when you're on the air do i ever what get heartburn when you're on the air <laughs> not that i like acid reflux not that i can like, remember Oh, that's good. Sometimes I hear you maybe it seems like you're stifling a, a comment. So I thought you maybe had heartburn because like, I've felt that way before myself. I so, um, That I was... is the weirdest comment that um, I can ever remember, <laughs> Neil. That's really weird. And uh, I'm going to uh, go to the police and ask for a temporary restraining order. Fair enough. <laughs> Bye, Neil. Bye. You weirdo. That's a very strange comment to make to wrap up a call. Um, final score. Flames take a 5-1 win over the Anaheim Ducks. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. It's Steinberg along with you on this Tuesday night. I, I just want to go back to Stetcher. I just, I like Stetcher. I think that he's done a good job of stabilizing the third pair. I think that's where he needs to be. I think that there are... the. I like his skating. I like his ability to skate out of trouble, but I don't love the amount of time that he spends in his own zone. Uh, and and I know that being partnered with Zadorov, who's also really struggled, hasn't helped. But Stetcher's numbers since joining the team, he's done some good things, but there's also been some rough stretches. Um, the team tends to bleed chances more than normal or more than average with that pair on the ice, Stetcher and Zadorov. Um, and again, it's not just on Troy. I just think Stetcher is well slotted as a third pairing defenseman as it stands right now. Uh, 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Uh, Steinberg along with you on this Tuesday night. A uh, few lines open right now if you want to jump in and chat. Won't get a busy signal as we say hello to Sean. What's up, Sean? Hey, Pat. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. Uh, nice little bounce back from the team there. Uh, 
first and foremost, I'm I'm happy the guys got the win, not only for themselves, but for Lubo there. I know listening to you guys in the pregame sounded pretty dejected, so I'm glad they were able to pull one out there. Um, overall, though, for the game, I, I love the full 60-minute effort. Um, I don't think we haven't seen enough of that all year, especially coming off a of back-to-the-back. Um, I know there's four new bodies in, including Bazaar. I'm not really going to count last night, but you know, a very balanced attack and uh, just overall good play for the Flames. And it was also nice to see a couple guys get off the schneid and Stetcher and Mondrapani. And also, it was really nice to see that goal from Lindholm post in. Usually, we've been those have been going far out, so very solid. Yeah, I mean they 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 did what they needed to do. That's that's a team that you can't afford to lose to again. They're the 29th ranked team in the league. They're a bad hockey team uh, with with, and, and they're even worse since the deadline when since they've traded guys away. Uh, I, again, like it was a good effort. It was what they needed to do tonight. Yeah, and uh, honestly, at this point, we have a better record versus playoff teams. So I'm I'm not even going to count it like that. I'm just going to say game by game, whoever the team is, as long as we get a point or a victory, that's all that matters. But even, you know, like even the last minute there when we drew the tripping penalty, I think it was Kadri, like the guys were still pushing hard and we haven't seen that all year. I know it's 5-1, but they're still putting their pedal foot to the floor. So, you know, I, it's one game obviously and, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, if the team just, you know, plays with that consistent effort, I think uh, we're in good shape here with the soft schedule. But, like I said, we'll see what happens. And Well, the problem uh, is, Sean, is that they have not done that. That effort is not a consistent effort, right? Oh, 100%. And that's why they are where they are. Yeah, no, and that's why each of these last remaining 10 games, they all mean something. You know, it, it keeps us fans on the edge, but at least we got some engagement. And I think this... We're in good shape here if we can take out Winnipeg and Nashville in those final, I think the last five games, Nashville's second last game of the season, Winnipeg's fifth last. Yeah, we well, I, I think it's, uh, I think, yeah, and we'll see if those games end up meaning something or not. Um, I, do, I don't know if the Nashville game will. It feels like the, the Jets game is the fourth last game on the road. The Predators game is the second last game at home. I don't know if that Nashville game will end up meaning anything. We'll see if that Winnipeg game does uh, or how much it ends up meaning. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you, you, you want those two games to mean something. That's for sure. Most definitely. Um, what What are your thoughts on the lineup changes? Like, obviously, I think go back to Markstrom for uh, Vegas, but do you keep the same lineup after tonight's effort? Uh, obviously, pending if Chris Tan is healthy or not. But right. I mean, obviously, on the blue line, you bring Tanev back. You're You're asking more about the forwards, right? Correct. Yeah. I. I mean, I. I still think Pelche is a guy you want in. I. I think he's earned that much. I. I don't of the players to come out after the game. I know he made the turnover that led to one of the goals. I think it was the, maybe the eight, two goal. Uh, but it's not like Pelche was alone in turning the puck over on Monday night. So I, I don't think that I, I actually thought he was one of their better players, which isn't saying much, but I thought he was one of their better players against the Kings. Um, I'd put Pelche back in, but I'd always say that 
I uh, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, but, yeah, I, I would bring Pelche back in. And, you know, it's tough because, um, you know, I don't know who you bring out if you bring Pelche back in. I, I mean, I think you could make – uh, you can always make arguments about Richie or Lucic, but you know Lucic responded decently well, and that line played decently well tonight. Um, and and Richie scored the goal, and that line played well. So yeah, I'd bring Pelche back in. I don't know if I'm expecting it to happen though. Yeah, and you know his turnover, he's had a couple, but I mean that's just part of the growing pains of becoming a full time NHLer. I think the sky's the limit for him still, but oh, I I know. do too. The, of of that, I have no doubt. Yeah, no, he, he's he got a good future in the Flames uniform. Um, One other curious question for you tonight. What happens if Coronado signs? Like, is this, are we going to be playing this guy top six or is he going to be coming into the bottom half of the lineup? Well, what, they don't really have a top project? six, do they? I mean, right now they've got a top nine in a lot of ways um, and they kind of have all year. There hasn't really been a defined top, at least in my opinion, Sean, there hasn't been like a, a defined top six this year. So um, I, I think if Coronado signs, that's where you'd want to play him. And I don't know if he's an everyday guy for him, but I think he gets into a few games. And, and you know, it all depends. Uh, he could be eligible or ready to sign as early as this weekend, or it might be until uh, late April, depending on how far Harvard, go, Harvard goes, right? I think they're going to try everything they can to sign him. I think he's going to have some things to weigh when it comes to does he want to come out and does he feel like there's going to be a, an opportunity for him to play? Um, because he'll definitely be able to burn the first year of his ELC. That that I'm not worried about, or, or I don't think he's worried about, rather. But the question is, does he feel like you know he's going to get the opportunity to play if he comes out this year? And we'll see how it all plays out. I, the, I know the Flames are feeling quite optimistic that he will, but until the deal's signed and until he's um, officially leaving college, I think that's going to be a little bit, and there's going to be some apprehensive people. How's that? Fair enough. I mean, selfishly, I want them to lose on Friday so Brad can fly him back here and put him on the line with Kadri. But time will tell, I guess, eh? Yeah, and it's weird because we have never really seen this before from the Flames when it comes to a player coming out and being able to join a team uh, or join the Flames late in the season when it means something. You know what I'm saying? Like, Gaudreau, that was game 82. They weren't going to the playoffs. And Ben Hanowski and Kenny Agostino and Bryce Van, uh, Bryce Van Brabant. And those guys, that those games meant nothing when they played. If Coronado comes in, it'll be during meaningful games. I don't know what... Daryl Sutter's comfort level is going to be to put Coronado into meaningful game. I, I, it's a fascinating situation they have, uh, if especially if Harvard loses one of the games this weekend. Yeah, I mean, from what Wes wrote on him, he seems like a gamer. He's dialed in on winning, so I, I, I'd like to see him. But but again, know, we'll I, like, where, where, what's your confidence level that Daryl plays him? I mean, I think it's pretty high. I mean, he's built like a truck, apparently. And, you know, I I guess with Daryl, you can't really project anything. But 
I think with the guy drafted 13th overall, he's over a point per game in college. Yeah, but, you, I he, mean, Jacob Pelche was drafted 17th overall, and he's been a healthy scratch for three of the last four. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And, I, and I'm not even trying to throw shade or anything. I'm just more – I'm just really curious as to how it plays out. I think there's – I, I do think, like, if you're going to ask me, everything that the Flames have have led me to believe and people in the Coronado camp have, have led me to believe, I, I think there's a decent chance he's – a very strong chance that he's going to sign. I just – the whole thing is going to be really interesting to see how it plays out, whether he signs or not. And, and if he does sign, it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Well, I think he could take spot on – with instead of Nick Richie, Richie and Leach can flop between healthy scratch and not. But do you see? This is my question, Sean. Do you see Daryl Sutter? And we got to wrap up after this. Yep. Do you see Daryl Sutter sitting Milan Lucic or Nick Richie, who he clearly has an affinity for both, in favor of a guy with no NHL time who's kind of a. Yes, he's a well-built young man, but still a somewhat undersized guy with zero experience. That's my question. And I'm not saying he will or won't. I just think it's a fair question to ask. I agree with that. And I think uh, he'll sit Coronado, even though I don't want him to. <laughs> and maybe, maybe he won't, and that'd be awesome. I just, that that's why I'm so fascinated, Sean. Great stuff, as always, brother. Good to hear from you. Cheers, my man. See you. Talk soon. Uh, Flames win 5-1 on the road in Anaheim. As your Flames talk, post-game show continues. Steinberg along with you on this Tuesday. Let's say hello to Thomas. What's up, Thomas? Hey, Pat. How's it going tonight? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Enjoyed that win, and I enjoyed that third period. Stepping on the step, Really stepping on the ducks there and not letting them get back in it. Yeah, again, like they – had they had they not – I would have I would have been quite worried, so I'm glad that they did. Yeah. I feel like we've seen that a couple of times this year where they've kind of come out a little flat in the third. So, like you said, it's good they didn't do that tonight. Yeah, for um, sure. I liked your point when you were answering some of the texts about uh, not reading too much into last night or tonight. fact of the matter is they went one and one these last couple of games, and even though it still doesn't look great, for them making the playoffs, there is still that chance there. Um, but just being realistic, I think we can both agree that it's a bit of an uphill battle still, and it's still a little unlikely. So in the in in the scenario in which they don't make it, do you think there are major changes coming this offseason? I, uh, I think what I would say is I believe there will be – um, I'm trying to put this correctly. I, I think there will be some major existential conversations that will happen behind closed doors for this organization uh, if they do end up missing, which, you know, is is the most likely scenario here, but not the only scenario. You know, just odds-wise, they the th- that would suggest they're going to miss. Uh, but odds don't mean anything or, or they, they don't mean everything, rather, and, and the Flames and the Jets and um, the Predators all still have a part to play in how this does play out. But 
I do think that, yes, there will be some pretty significant conversations had. Um, and I think, I mean, look, they have a general manager who doesn't have a contract. They have an entire coaching staff minus Daryl Sutter who doesn't have a coach, uh, who doesn't have a contract. And they have an entire management crew on top of Bradtree Living that don't have contracts. So that in and of itself opens the door for significant change. And then regardless of what happens off the ice with coaching staff and, and management staff, then there's also, hey, this group didn't make the playoffs as constructed. Do they go and, and look to reshape the roster a little bit? Does does a blue liner end up getting dealt? Do some of the guys who enter the final year of contracts, do they, uh, do they look at moving some of those guys, one of those guys, because there's uncertainty as to whether they sign? So I think there's going to be some significant systemic existential conversations had and and i i think there's a chance that there there could be some more significant change not quite to the extent as the summer of 2022 but still some pretty big conversations to be had if they end up missing that's that's the thing to me like how can we even possibly guess or like estimate what happens this off season when you don't even know who the gm is yeah, so I think I've I heard you say, like, I've heard you say that you think that if Brad wants to be here, he'll be here. But we honestly don't know what he wa- really wants. So, well, and I don't even know does- if I've said that. I, because I, 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 I think that if Brad wants to be here, he should be here. Uh, I am all day in favor, and I know others disagree with me, and that's that's fine. Um, and and I understand it in, in a lot of ways. But for me, just based on a number of different things and we can get into those if you want but I think if Brad wants to be here I think the Flames should make that happen or or should you know do what it takes to make that happen if he doesn't want to be here well then there's not a whole lot that you can do and he moves on right but I I think that there is plenty of reason to bring him back if there's a desire for him to come back but again it takes two in this conversation yeah, and that's exactly it. We we're not really sure where Brad's at, which I feel and like nobody is, is. honestly like talked he's keeping yeah. cards pretty darn close to the vest here. Yeah. Um. So whoever the GM is, whether that's Brad if he wants to be, or if it's someone new who comes in, what are your thoughts on extending Lindholm this off season ahead of his, his last all day, year going all day, UFA? every day, one thousand percent if the player is interested in doing it. I really would really love to see it happen this off season too. Cause like, I feel like that's a player that you really just can't find anywhere else. Like if you lose Lindholm, you spend the next five to 10 years trying to find his replacement. Yep. Well um, said. And I think, I also think like, I think he's had a great year. Like he's obviously tried to adjust to two new line mates, which is huge. And he's still, produced i think he's still on pace for about over 70 points um which is like for a two-way guy like him is still really good but we both know he can put up more than that so and he's still he's still their number one center and is the closest thing that they've had to uh, and i i think that at his best he is an nhl number one center uh not just calgary's number one center i mean the guy was the runner-up for the selkie last year and i think he will i i doubt he'll be in selkie uh conversations this year as a finalist but who knows but 
I think he will be again. I think he's that good a hockey player. And now the question is, you've got to extend him, and you're probably looking at, you know, in the range of doubling his salary, uh, you're probably looking at going for whatever he's at, 4-5 or whatever he's at now. You're probably looking at him in the 8 range uh, just based on what he is. Uh, 20 to 30 goal, 70 to 80 point player. That's what I think Lindholm is. And that you pay for that, right? Exactly. Um, but I'm with you, man. Like I, Thomas, I, I am trying my best to do that this off season. I would suggest to you that the confidence level organizationally right now is kind of uncertain as to whether or not you know the desire is there from the Lindholm camp to do it. And so, I, I think you start those conversations July first, the the very second you can. So, do you think like his camp would prefer to go? To like ride it out and I guess take that risk and maybe cash in as a UFA then? I think that they're I think that they they understand that Lindholm would be extremely hotly sought after if he got to unrestricted free agency. And I think you need to see what the, the direction the organization's going. Yeah. Yeah. I've really liked him playing with Mangia Pani and Tafoli the last couple of games too. Like I feel like that's starting to like drive play like a lot of i feel like the, a lot of the advanced stats are tra- backing that up too yeah so just looking forward to next year i feel like if those three guys can keep this up then that could maybe solve a lot of problems and get that extra goal on nights where this year they needed that extra goal i'm just i'm just so disappointed we're having this conversation man like coming into the season i didn't think we'd be t- like talking about next season with like 10 games left going into the season, but I guess that's where we're at. Um, I just would love to see this team finally make the playoffs in back-to-back seasons without any kind of COVID asterisk, but hopefully yeah. that happens this year. If not, then we look forward to next year. Yes, sir, and and there's still 20 points left on the table, so you uh, there, there's still everything to play for. Absolutely. Well, thanks. Thanks for taking my call, Pat. Good stuff, Thomas. Call back anytime, man. All right, we'll do. Uh, one more call before we head back inside the Flames locker room. Uh, it is last call for phone calls on this Tuesday night. If you're on hold, stay there. But uh, if not, you still have a chance to call in. Give us a call now, 403-240-4444. But it is last call on this Tuesday night. 5-1 final score, Flames beat the Anaheim Ducks as we welcome Brent to the program. What's up, Brent? Doing great, Pat. How are you doing, man? Good, man. Right on, right on. Just want to give a big shout-out to you. I know you get lots of love here on the radio station. Thanks for everything you do. So it was always a big shout-out. Thank you. And I want to get some positivity up in here, and I want to talk about what you think of Mackenzie Weger recently and how his team play has been. He's been awesome recently. Uh, I think. Right? I, I think over the last, I don't know, month, month and a half or so, he's really looked like the guy that I think Flames fans were so excited for when they acquired him in July. He's been assertive. Um offensively you're seeing a whole lot more from him he's stepping up the way he's holding the line there's a lot of confidence but you know the thing that I've really appreciated with Mackenzie Weger is his play away from the puck um you know I he's had maybe the best stick uh, amongst the blue line like the amount of times that he's broken things up and killed plays due to really good stick positioning and just good body positioning he's been great in that regard uh he's he's transitioned the puck out of the uh, defensive zone really well his his physicality and 
his his positioning has you know turned fast breaks into pretty meaningless uh, perimeter shots or or spins behind the net that don't turn into anything. So Uyghur's been really noticeable offensively, but I've really appreciated his checking game and his game away from the puck. He's been great. Probably been their best defenseman for the better part of a month plus here. He's been awesome. I appreciate that comment. I agree with you. Couldn't agree more. So, like, I know and we're talking about maybe going into next year a bit too much tonight, but uh, moving forward on our power play, do you see him as a PP1 or do you rather him as our PP2 kind of defenseman moving that puck around? Where do you kind of see him on our power play? I, I think Rasmus Anderson is still the best He's our PP1 fit still as, as yeah, the power play. Although okay. right now, right now, Brent, they don't really have a power play one. They kind of have I'm two with power play yeah. one and a half. Twos? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but I do right, think right. if they if they were to go with like a like they have for most of this season if they were to go like with a full on power play one I, I still think Rasmus is the best choice there but I think I think mm-hmm. Uyghur's a, a decent choice for him on on a second unit and and has especially because they've kind of replaced Hannafin with Uyghur on the power play over the last little bit he did not see a lot of power play time prior up until recently he did not uh, not at all I think exactly. he's done a nice job. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. I got one more thing for you, probably. Yes, sir. And I'm thinking I'm thinking with Huberto on our winger. And would we ever give him a chance again to play with the Foley and maybe Lindholm? I just want to hear your point of view because we know we can talk all day about where Sutter's going to put our guys. But from your point of view, would you ever give him a chance to play with Toffoli or Lindholm again? Huberto? Do you see these last 10 games? Huberto, uh, Huberto yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, whether it's the last 10 games or not, I don't know. We'll see because right now, um, you know, for the most part, I've liked Huberto on the Backlund-Coleman line, and, and Manjapani has been good with Lindholm and Toffoli. So I don't know if I'm doing it right away, and maybe it doesn't happen between now and the end of the regular season. Maybe it does. But certainly at some point, whether it's between now and whenever this season ends or sometime next year, absolutely, I think, Trying him again with those two guys is something I'd like to see. I know it didn't work early, but I still think there's a chance it could work ultimately. I'm with you, too, on that. I would love to see him at least get one more chance with one of those snipers, right? Because he's one of the best passers in the league. I hate to see him with Coleman and Backlund. I love those guys. Don't get me wrong. But those those are 40-point guys, you know? Like, we need to get him with more of a shooter and help out Huberto a little bit more, you know? But maybe that's just where I stand on that, so... Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, Pat. Uh, I just want to give a big shout-out, too, to JT Topiani and Justin Azevedo. They're good friends of mine. They speak very highly of you, Pat. So thanks Ew, for everything you do, my friend. Not Justin. I'm just kidding. Uh, I know, so, right? <laughs> appreciate it, Brent. Have a good one. Good to hear from you, buddy. Uh, okay, great stuff on the phone line so far. It is last call at 403-240-4444, but that does not mean we're shutting them down. So if you want to get in line, you can still do so. If you're on hold, stay there. We will definitely get to you, and you still have a chance to jump in right now at 403-240-4444. Text line remains open at 960-960 as well. So far, we have heard live from Nick Ritchie from Honda Center in Anaheim. We've heard head coach Daryl Sutter. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room following a 5-1 win over the Anaheim Ducks. Michael Backlund a couple more points as he creeps closer to his career high in points and uh, Michael spoke after a big 5-1 win over the Ducks. Michael, we just talked this morning but you know, the way that your group responded here tonight, um, what did you make of it? Yeah, it was a better effort tonight. Uh, I thought we came out. Scoring right away helps. uh, Get the boys going. Uh, I thought we had some good jump right away and took charge of the game. 
Yeah, what stood out about the start? Uh, I mean, obviously the goal early, but maybe just the way you carried it on from there. Yeah, no, I mean, we talked about it, having two bad starts in a row. Uh, we knew we had to be better, so... Um, uh, and yeah, scoring right away always helps. Uh, gives some energy to the group. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, um, you know, we want to come out and show that we're better than last night. And last night wasn't good enough and wasn't acceptable. And yeah, we wanted to, to rebound from that. It seemed like kind of all facets too in terms of not giving up a lot either. Playing with the puck out is sort of a big part of tonight's game for you guys just to kind of control and dictate things at your level. Yeah, no, it was total opposite from last night. Last night we barely touched the puck and tonight we had a lot more. So, um, yeah, that's how we want to play. The last stretch, nine games, you got points in seven of your last night. I think there's a misnomer that you guys have, you know, really struggled down the stretch here. But would you agree that you've probably played some pretty good hockey certainly in the last... Nine or ten games? Yeah, uh, no, I agree with that. Um, there's been like two games and then one tough one and then a couple of other good ones. And um, I mean, right off the top of my head, obviously last night in Arizona at home against Anaheim, three games to stand out that wasn't good enough. And But other than that, I think, yeah, like I said, lately we've been playing some pretty good hockey. Your team doesn't have a lot of room for error here in these final few. What's it like to play knowing you don't have a lot of can't really afford to lose anymore. No, I mean, it's an exciting time. It's the best time of the year. Uh, getting closer to playoffs. Uh, five of our lives here. Um, it's, uh, it's exciting. Uh, everyone uh, gets uh, a little more jumped, uh, decked up and ready to go. You know, it's, uh, yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, I think it's a great time of the year. 300 assists last night, I think, and then I think a new career high tonight in terms of helpers for you here set tonight. Anything in particular stand out about, um, you know, those numbers or those milestones? Oh, yeah, no, it feels uh, it feels good always hitting big milestones, uh, like the hundreds, 300 assists. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's a tough night to, to get it. Uh, when, Personally, and the team wasn't playing at our best or not even close. And um, so, yeah, but yeah, looking back when I started my career, uh, I, I don't know if I was expecting myself to get that, you know, many assists. And uh, so, uh, the way things started in my career. So, um, yeah, I'm excited I reached it. And uh, indeed, Michael Backlund with uh, his second assist in this game tonight uh, did establish a new career high for assists in a single season with 32. His prior high was 31, which he has hit on a couple of different occasions, but now 32 assists with uh, two assists against the Anaheim Ducks this evening. Uh, so big night for Michael Backlund. Uh, and uh, yes, indeed, he also hit 300 career assists on, uh, on Monday's game, Monday's loss to Los Angeles, and he's about to play his 900th career NHL game. That's coming up on Saturday as well. Uh, Michael Backlund, big night and a big goal from Andrew Mangiapane late in this game. Did it end up meaning anything in the long run? Not really, but it did snap a 14-game goalless drought for him, and uh, he needed that in a big way. Andrew Mangiapane snaps a 14-game goalless drought with his 14th of the season late in the third period. Let's hear from Andrew post-game in Anaheim as well. Maybe just uh, you know, start with the response here. Uh, obviously, last night, not what you guys wanted, but uh, yeah, to see what it, you saw here tonight. Yeah, I think uh, you know our last game uh, before this uh, wasn't our best effort, and I think we all knew that, and I think we just wanted to throw that one out and uh, you know just play our game today, right? Uh, obviously, it's uh, back-to-back, and uh, 
you know, we just wanted to come in and have a good uh, good start. And, um, you know, that first line there, they got, they got us going, and it was a big goal. Yeah, I mean, Max just talked about starts. I mean, he said this yeah. morning, but just the way that, you know, obviously the goal helps, but, yeah. you know, how much you guys were kind of focused on, on starting the right way here tonight. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, we're, we're a good team, and we're especially really good when uh, we start on time and we have a good first period, and that just involves not even scoring or anything like that. It's just... You know, breaking out clean, uh, getting shots, chances, just little things like that, uh, finishing your checks and just kind of being engaged in the game. I think that's what, uh, you know, our first periods, uh, that's when we're good. And I think that's we need to keep uh, doing that. Does it intensify the need and the desire to win this game tonight when you see Winnipeg and Nashville win earlier in the evening? Yeah, of course. Um, obviously, uh, it doesn't really matter what they kind of do or if they win or lose. Uh, we just have to worry about ourselves and uh we don't have many games here so we gotta you know go on a streak and we gotta pile uh, wins together and that's really all that matters for us you, you give up one goal you're gonna win a lot of games what did you think of your play of uh, the goaltender tonight yeah Vladdy was uh big for us um I think both of our goalies have been good uh, down the stretch here and and we're gonna need that with the rest of the way they're a big part of our team and um yeah, it was uh, great to see how, how good he played when you have a game like last night how good is it to get on the ice the next day instead of letting them linger yeah. for a couple yeah I think that's uh that's nice obviously uh, I think like I said we just wanted to put that game behind us and there's no better way to you know put it behind you than to just go out there and, and play right away right and uh like I said I think our first period uh really kind of set the tone for us and we wanted to come out strong and hard and uh just keep building off that what's it like to go these last whatever 10 games or so knowing that you don't have a lot of room to to lose there's a lot of pressure on every game to win yeah of course I think uh honestly I think we've been playing uh playoff hockey for the past uh, 30 games now or whatever right we knew what kind of situation we've been in and uh you know we did this kind of to ourselves so now it's time for us to see what we're really made of and just you know focus one game at a time and see what we can do with it there you go, Andrew Mangiapane postgame on the road in Anaheim where the Flames take a 5-1 win over the Anaheim Ducks. It's Steinberg with you as our Flames Talk postgame continues. Our Alberta-made player of the game tonight selected in the pregame show, brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery, was Noah Hannafin. He extended his point streak to six games with an assist. Uh, 20 minutes and 11 seconds of ice time for Hannafin. One shot, three attempts, two block shots as well. That was Noah Hannafin's night on the road in Anaheim. We continue along, and we continue along from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. If you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings, contact them today for a free estimate. For all things basementy, visit dlbasementsystems.com. Head back to the Flames locker room for a final time tonight. Troy Stetcher snapped a 99-0 game goalless drought with his first period goal that would stand up to be the game winner. Stetcher's first as a Flame, first of the season, and first since February 2022. A big one for the Flames tonight. He spoke inside the locker room following tonight's 5-1 win over the Ducks. Troy, maybe just we'll start on on kind of the response from your group here tonight. Just how big was that given, you know, what took place last night, but to come back with an effort like that here tonight? I think it goes without saying, like, we have, we're must win games now. So, um, get a goal for a shift of the game is obviously huge. So, uh, 
brings a lot of momentum for our group, and uh, it was a great way to respond after last night. So it was a big win. I know Max talked about the start, and I think he talked about it this morning. But you know, to come out and you know, obviously get one early, and then kind of carry that momentum throughout the rest of it. How important was that start and the stretch after? I mean, just think we were really focused tonight. I think we had four lines, and all pairings were going tonight, and Vladdy was kicking behind. So um, obviously, the start is what propelled us to to carry on throughout the rest of the night. But um, you know, you don't get that first goal, things can change. So. Is a huge momentum shift of the game. Your goal looked like it, it's kind of a seized part of there a little bit. What are you seeing and what uh, you know allowed you to step in? Uh, I just came off the bench and um, Hubie tried to hit a late guy and it kind of slipped through and I just had momentum so I carried to the net and picked a spot, closed my eyes and, <laughs> and hit my spot so uh, it felt good. How big of a deal is it to, 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 for you to, to get a goal? You probably don't want to go through a season without at least one and you got one. I mean, I don't think I'm really known for my offense, so it doesn't really bother me. I, I take pride in the way I play hockey and the way I play my game. And anytime I can have an offense, obviously a benefit for the team. So I'm just happy I can contribute. There you go. Troy Stetcher's first is a flame. The game winner in a 5-1 victory over the Anaheim Ducks. Okay, back to the text line before we hit the phone lines for the final time tonight. Um, this from, uh, who's this from? Actually, this is somebody who's uh, making up names, so I'm uh, not going to read that text. Uh, this says, I think Sutter is one of the best coaches in the league. Uh, team has some of the best underlyings. Reason why the playoffs won't be in the cards will be sub-900 goaltending and lack of performance from the top guys. Reminds me of the last season under Gullitson. Seasons like this happen. Really disappointed in Huberto and Kadri going to the media trying to get the coach fired. I wish those transactions slash signings never happened because these don't seem to be the kind of guys you want to build around. Um, I don't know if I read it like Huberto and Kadri went to the media to get the coach fired. I, I don't read it like that as, at all. I think that um, there have been, I mean, look, I, I think Huberto's agent has definitely taken some shots at the coach. Um, and, you know, I, I think it would be naive to think that Jonathan didn't know that was happening and didn't approve or, or give the blessing for it to happen. But I, I haven't, like, Huberto and Kadri haven't come out and said, the reason I'm struggling is because of the coach or anything like that. Um, and Kadri hasn't really said anything. You know, Elliot Friedman is really the, 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 the one thing that we've heard suggesting that there has been a little bit of friction there. Um, Yes, there has been friction. There's been friction between Daryl and Kadri. Yes. And Huberto. Yes. And other veterans. Absolutely. Um, I don't think it's them trying to get him fired necessarily. I think it's more, yeah, there's been some friction and some butting of heads with this head coach and some of the players this year. And yes, of the uh, highest profile, the two big name additions up front in, in Huberto and Kadri this year. Um, this Patty, quick question. I've been seeing posts online about players saying they'll refuse to play next year if Sutter's the coach. Do you know anything about this in Sutter We Trust that comes from Dennis? Well, you don't really get to refuse to play. The best you can do is ask for a trade or not re-sign or whatever the case may be. And and so I do, here's what I know. And I said this on Flames Talk prior to the game. I'll say it now after they beat the Ducks. And honestly, they were supposed to beat the Ducks, and, and good that they did. 
the, as I just said, Kadri and, and Sutter have not seen eye to eye a lot this year. Huberdeau, same thing. Other veterans, same thing. And I, I and I'm very comfortable saying that. I, I know that to be true. And because of that, they have got to fix it. And so there's two things that need there's there's one of two things need to happen. And honestly, one of these two things needs to happen ahead of next season. Either the human beings involved figure it out and you know, the, the players involved get over it and they're like, okay, no, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to find a way to make this work. And Daryl relates a little bit differently to those guys. I think that you have to, it has to come from both sides there. So out of the human beings involved that are currently under the same roof right now with this organization, either they figure it out or a subtraction needs to be made. And whether that's a subtraction of the player or the coach, one of those two things has to happen because this cannot be the case again next year. Not with the contract signed, not with the window being as finite as it is, so it's got to get fixed in one of those two ways. That that much I am very comfortable in saying. Uh, this reads... Pat, good game, but I won't be fooled into believing in the team for the remainder of the season. A question for you. Seeing as how seeing how the drama unfolds around the Flames as of late and how harsh Sutter is when it comes to young players and rookies, how optimistic are you that Matthew Coronado would sign with the organization? They've already lost Yuso and Mackey due to poor asset management. Again, everything that I'm led to believe, and again, until you see it happen, until there is a release or a report that says Matthew Coronado is signing with the Flames, and that could come as early as this weekend, depending on how his Harvard team does. But everything that I'm led to believe is that quite um, quite positive, feeling quite positive that it's going to happen, both from the Coronado camp and from the Flames. The Flames are feeling quite positive that this is going to get done and that they'll be able to sign him. And Matthew Coronado publicly has said things. And people that I've talked to, familiar with the situation, believe that it's, it's moving in a positive direction. Now, I do think if that happens, it's going to be very interesting to see how this coach deals with it because... Matthew Coronado has zero NHL experience, zero American League experience, zero professional experience. We've heard Daryl talk ad nauseum about how the American League is where you start as a young player, you cut your teeth there, and then you go to the NHL. Well, Coronado is not going to have a lot of interest right now in playing in the uh, in the American League, and so he's going to want to sign a deal that gets him NHL money and gets him into NHL games. And and so let's say that happens. I'm just really curious as to how this all plays out with the coach and the player and how he's used and who comes out of the lineup, all that type of stuff. So that's going to be very very interesting to watch. But I still believe that it is trending in a very strong direction that indeed Coronado will sign an entry-level deal with the Flames. Again, could be as early as this weekend, could be early next week, or it could be into April, um, depending on how far Harvard, go Harvard goes in the 16-team NCAA single elimination tournament. Uh, this says, according to Money Puck, Flames have a 23% chance of making it. Jet 74, Seattle 93.5. It's over. Yes, the only thing is, is that that has not been updated with all of Tuesday's results. So I think it'll be a little higher for Calgary and... 
I think it'll be around, well, it'll probably, it could be right around there, but I think it'll be somewhere in the maybe 20. I, I, anyway, we'll see. I, I'll check again on Wednesday morning, but it has not been updated with the Calgary final. Uh, it was only updated. The last time it was updated, Calgary's game was nowhere close to being final, so those aren't over at Money Puck as we're talking right now. Uh, 100% accurate, reflecting all of what happened on Tuesday night. Uh, a couple more. This says from Smiley, Patty, really love the play of the Flames from start to finish tonight. Hope they go on a run now. Makes me happy. And this says... Still fire setter, players will leave because of him, and that's probably why Matthew left. Well, they're not making a coaching change between now and the end of the regular season. I'm, I'm pretty darn confident in that. I think that how this regular season ends, there will be some existential conversations and some real hard converse, especially if they miss the playoffs. There will be some really hard discussions had, but I don't think anything's getting done until we see how this season comes to an end. Great stuff on the text line at 960-960. It's Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk postgame show. Back to the phone lines for two more final calls following a 5-1 win over the Anaheim Ducks, starting with Alan. What's going on, Alan? Hey, uh, good to talk to you again. You as well. Um, I just wanted to uh, throw some love Milan Lucic's way. I thought he had a great game tonight. And, uh, you know, the guy just doesn't get enough credit for the, the amount of effort he puts out there. And for a fourth-line player, you, you, you know, you can't, in my opinion, you can't find much better than then Milan Lucic, and and I'll tell you what, when the playoffs come around, he is going to be a major factor. Assuming we make it, I I still hold quite a bit of faith because I I firmly believe that that Winnipeg has a tougher schedule than we do. So <clears throat> taking that into account, I, you know I I I still have faith in the Flames. So anyway, that's uh, that's what I have to say tonight. I thought Milan looked good, uh, lo lo looked better than he has of late coming back in tonight. I, you know, he's he's had some struggles of late, and and his plays dropped off a little bit prior to coming back in. But I thought that he and his line looked pretty uh, pretty decent tonight. Yeah, no, I I uh, watched him pretty closely, and I thought uh, I thought he had a hell of a good game. And and like I say, the effort is always there with him. You know, he won't he won't uh, he won't let you down in that regard. I agree with that. Yeah. Okay, well, that's all I got, Pat. All right, Alan, you be well. Thank you for the call. And our last call tonight on our Flames Talk postgame is Claude. What's going on, Claude? Hey, Patty, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Just wanted to say I listen to your program quite often. Well, and, I hope uh, you enjoy it. You, you do a great job, actually. The, the Calgary media has completely lost me and a bunch of my buddies. We just can't even tap in anymore. It's just like they're feeding the mob and it's like, you know, you turn on Pat Steinberg and he's balanced, you know, like he's not feeding into it. Maybe well, you don't I, need I mean, I, Maybe I, I, you try, don't need I try my best. I don't want to, um, I have, I have great respect for my other media colleagues. So, but I, I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate that you're listening, my friend. Absolutely. You're doing a great job. And if your boss is listening, give the guy a raise and keep him going. Well, thank you, man. Keep I appreciate that, Claude. Yeah, no, you're one of a kind, man. No, I mean that sincerely. Like, uh, definitely, you know, polite to everyone and give them compliments and stuff like that. But this is, this is for real. You're the real deal, man. Please stay here. I, I, I don't think I'm going anywhere. So, um, okay, I good. appreciate that to, to the chagrin of some. But uh, I, I know I, I really do appreciate that, Claude. Thank you, man. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. And uh, to a lot of the people that call in, there's a lot of 
emotion and and I uh, appreciate everybody's views and stuff like that. I know I'd probably fit in the, the camp that, you know, feels for Sutter a little bit, you know. He's got a very special child that keeps us pumped up at all the games and, you know, he can't even log into the internet. These people are so brutal. It's not even just, you know, bad coaching that they're claiming anymore. They're just, they're calling him old. They're calling him dinosaur. It's like, give it up guys. Like two superstars just left. When's the last time that happened? Well, I, I mean, honestly, man, team. like that, and that's any team to, to it's, it's one of the reasons Claude, why I think that putting too much into this season and I'm not saying that you shouldn't evaluate this season. Of course you should. But to make, yeah. like, fully definitive judgments on what this team is based only on this season, I think is premature. And and some get angry at me for saying that, and that's fine. But to your point, we have never in the salary cap era anyway, have never seen a team go through the changeover that the Flames went through this summer. Never. It's never happened before. To to go from where they were after losing in Game 5 to Edmonton and then Johnny bolting and Matthew forcing his way out or asking his way, not even asking his way out, but basically saying, yep. I'm not coming back after this year, so there's there's my honesty. Do, what, do with that what you will. We've never seen anything like it before. And so the team, the core, not just the team, not just a bunch of players, the core got completely transformed. And in the span of like a year, Mark Giordano, Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Kachuk, and Sean Monaghan all gone. All of them. And, and, and in one summer, the last three guys all gone. And Huber, Kadri, all in. It, it's, it's, it's unlike anything we've ever seen. So whether it's the coach, whether it's Players who are so having how, how down is years. That the coach? I, how I just, is that the coach? Show? What, what I'm saying is, oh, like people leaving because of the coach. No, no. What, what, but no, no. I, what I'm saying is, whether you're evaluating the coach, whether you're evaluating players who are having down seasons, whether you're evaluating Brad and how he's built this, I just think some of what some of what we need to remember is that this team did undergo change unlike anything we've ever seen before. And so one season to judge what they are or what Daryl is with this group or what Huberto is or what Kadri is or what Lindholm is or what type of team Brad has built, I just think it's a little premature, that's all. Well, if you look at the underlying numbers, they're strong. They're top, top five possession. You know, people will say shots or oh, they shoot from everywhere. How many goals would they have if only one of the two guys left last year? How many one-goal games would they be up? You know what I mean? And, like, middling goaltending, we'd be in a playoff spot. We've got how many? Top five for what? Um, most players uh, with 20 points or more. Uh, top five for first period goals. This is all coaching. This is all underlying numbers that are coaching, right? Like... People just, once you bring that argument up, they just turn around and say, oh, he's old, he's dinosaur. He's well, he's but I will Hall say, just to, to play, just to play devil's advocate, I don't believe this is all on Daryl Sutter, but oh. I also don't think that you can absolve anybody in this either. I think there's been some really questionable lineup decisions that have been made um, at times this year. 
I do think that oh, part of sure. the headbutting that we've seen is is not just on on the player's side of it. So I don't think Daryl is like absolved in responsibility for why this has been such a frustrating season. But I also don't think it lies solely on his shoulders either. And I do think, well, to your point, the way that he, like the actual X's and O's of what Daryl wants, I still believe is in line with how you have success in the right. game today. Not, right. it hasn't worked out pristinely this year, but it seemed to last year. So again, if I don't had think... Lee average goaltending... Well, year. and that's just it, and right? We were, and we were six points into the playoffs by now. Would people be having these same discussions? Like, it's cause and effect that people don't get. They just think Sutter is the cause. But, like, are you kidding me? Like, tree living goes dealt a rough hand. A rough hand. But in Edmonton, they wouldn't be burning down the coach if Dry and McDavid left five years ago or three years right. ago. Would they? I don't know. Calgary's like snowflake. I'm done. So done with these people. But thank God for you, Pat. We just love you, man. Keep up the good work, buddy. Thank you for the call, Claude. I appreciate it, man. All right. Peace out, bro. See you, man. And uh, that'll wrap us up on the phone lines tonight. Um, as we wrap things up on the phone lines, look, again, I don't think Daryl is absolved in this. I Yeah. I mean, they've had some of the worst goaltending in the NHL to go from some of the best goaltending in the NHL to the worst goaltending in the NHL or you know top 5 best top 5 worst in one season you're going to you're going to notice some difference major differences in the record and we have um, when your top players through 72 games most important players through 72 games Huberdo, Lindholm, Kadri, Markstrom have not been the best players on a night-in, night-out basis, you're going to struggle. Um, so those things absolutely play into huge why this team is where it is. And yet, it's also a coach's job to get the most out of his players, and it's a coach's job to put players in the ultimate chance to succeed. And I think that you can make arguments that Daryl hasn't always done that to um, the optimal this year. So I don't think that, and I mean, some of the lineup decisions are at times difficult to wrap your head around. So again, I don't think this is all on Daryl. I don't think that this is, I don't think Daryl is completely absolved of where we are right now. There's a lot that's gone into the mess that has been this season. And a season that is not over, still has 10 games remaining, and... Still, the Flames have everything to play for between now and the end of the regular season. Great stuff on the text line tonight. Great stuff on the phone lines tonight as we start to uh, wrap things up on our Flames Talk postgame show. It's time for tonight's final summary. Flames never trailed in this one, and, and they pretty much were in control all night long. It started 37 seconds in when Nick Ritchie made it 1-0 Flames. His 12th from Noah Hannafin and Dylan Dubé. Uh, and just like that, 37 seconds in, 1-0 Calgary. Noah Hannafin extending his streak, uh, point scoring streak, to six games. And then Troy Stetcher scores later on in the period to make it 2-0. Stetcher's first as a Flame, first of the season, and a goal that snaps a 90-game drought. 
to make it 2-0. Stetcher's first goal since February of last year. Jonathan Huberto, Blake Coleman, the assist at 16-50. Flames led 2-0 after 20 minutes of play. Early in the second, power play goal from Rasmus Anderson makes it 3-0 Flames. Anderson's 11th from Tyler Toffoli and Michael Backlund at 2:36, And just like that, it's 3-0. About five minutes later, Ducks scored their only goal of the game. It was a power play goal from Frank Vetrano, his 17th from Jakob Silverberg and Max Comtois at 7:26, And it was 3-1 Flames after 40 minutes of play. Flames started the third period with a power play and scored on that. Elias Lindholm rips home his 21st of the season to make it 4-1 to really seal this one. Lindholm from Toffoli and Backlund, 46 seconds in. For Backlund, his 32nd assist of the year, that sets a brand-new career high for him. And then one more for the Flames, and a big one, is Andrew Mangiapane scores his first goal in 15. Breakaway finish for Mangiapane on his 14th. Toffoli the assist at 15. 36 and for Manjapani he snaps a 14 game goalless drought to get us to our 5-1 final score. Final shots 43-20 in favor of the Flames. Calgary 2 for 5 on the power play. Anaheim 1 for 3 with the man advantage. Your three stars tonight number 3 Rasmus Anderson number 2 Michael Backlund and with his Second career, three-assist game. Tyler Toffoli, the number one star tonight. With the win, Calgary improves to 32-25-15. and 15. They're back in action Thursday at home to Vegas, while Anaheim drops to 23-38-10. They're back in action Thursday at home to Winnipeg. That's your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Peter Labardius, and for our outstanding producer, Azam Nanji, my name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk post game show which is available on apple spotify google amazon or wherever you get your podcasts we've been coming at you from the doug lacy's basement systems downtown studio if you have cracks in your walls floors or ceilings contact them today for a free estimate for all things basementy visit dlbasementsystems.com next up for the flames thursday night when they welcome the Vegas Golden Knights final game against Vegas this year. It goes at 7 o'clock at the Scotiabank Saddledome, which means our Flames warm-up pregame show starts at 6 o'clock. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your Tuesday, wonderful rest of your Wednesday, whenever you are listening to this. Final score, Flames 5, Anaheim 1 from the Honda Center in SoCal. This has been your Flames Talk postgame show, available wherever you get your podcasts, and this has been Alpine Credit it's Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This is CFAC 960 AM, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. A Rogers Sports and Media Radio Station. Flames Radio is only on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Thanks for listening. Sportsnet.ca slash 960 has games and times for the next Flames Radio broadcast. This is a copyright broadcast. No retransmission, streaming, recording, or copying of the broadcast in any way is allowed without the permission of the Calgary Flames Hockey Club and Sportsnet. 960. Calgary's home for the Flames and the National Hockey League is Sportsnet 960 The Fan.